0: about half of all americans have some sort of vision plan provider to help them care for their eyes and pay for their visits but do the insurance companies always see eye to eye with the optometrists who are providing the care. Hi, I'm Katherine Mortensen from ALEC Public Affairs. And with me here in the ALEC studio is Brooklyn Roberts. She is the Senior Task Force Director for the ALEC Health and Human Services Task Force. And joining us remotely is Dr. Bill Reynolds. He is the former president of the American Optometric Association. Thank you so much, Dr. Reynolds, for joining us today. Welcome, Dr. Reynolds. You are now serving as the organization's advocacy chair. Can you tell us in that role, what the biggest problem optometry is facing nationally when it comes to engaging with vision plan providers?
1: Well, first, thank you for having me on. This is a a topic that's very important to us. And what's important to uh, optometrists and, and more importantly, important to our patients is that the vision insurance market is completely broken. Now, over the last 10 years, we've seen just unprecedented consolidation, leading most communities in, in America to just have one or maybe two major vision insurers. Now, we've also seen a shift among these insurers towards vertical integration. So, you know, not only do they sell the, the vision insurance, they, they sell eyeglass frames, they sell lenses, uh, and they own the, len- the labs to turn your lenses into prescription eyeglasses. Uh, These companies also were buying retail locations and have begun buying up optometric practices all across the country. Now, none of this by itself is a problem, but what we're seeing is the insurance or this product is controlling the behavior of other parts of the market. And the plans are using their market dominance to force provisions in contracts that are not good for patients or for their doctors, including price setting for services and materials the plans don't even cover. They force doctors to use specific labs owned by the insurance parents company, which can take weeks to get glasses back for patients. And for patients, this has led to less choice. It's led to higher prices. And the insurer is right in the middle of the doctor-patient relationship. For doctors, because of the large volume of patient lives controlled by these plans, we're forced into contracts with reimbursements that are just at an unsustainable level. And and I'll give you an example. I, I know I look like I'm just fresh out of school, but I've been practicing since the 1980s. Uh, since the 1980s, inflation is up 175 percent. The price of insurance, which these plans were attached to, is up 740 percent. But our reimbursement for professional services is almost exactly what it is this when I started back in the 80s, 40 years ago. Are there any states that are addressing this or, or is there any movement in Congress to address this? Yeah, actually, the states are at the forefront of this. Um, there have been 25 states, uh, and these are both conservative and, and, and liberal states, that have passed laws addressing vision plan abuses. There's also been several states that have passed plans, to, or, or dental plan abuses, because dentists are facing the same type of issues that we are. Together, vision and dental plans. There's 47 states that have passed one or the other legislation or both. Now, language in these states, of course, they, they vary from states to states, but they all contain the same critical elements, and and they focus on on on, on aspects uh, involving the service and materials of plans, credentialing plans, and lab choice of plans. On a federal level, there's legislation called the Dental and Optometric Care Access Act. Or the DOC access for short. It's been gaining steam in both the House and the Senate. And we're optimistic that we're going to see a real movement on that this year. Uh, I would add that this legislation was championed by Buddy Carter of Georgia, uh, who's a pharmacist. And he was seeing these same type of issues in his personal business that we're experiencing now.
0: So, are we here? Are we talking about antitrust issues or are they related or is that a separate issue altogether?
1: Well, to my knowledge, there's been no vision plan to be found uh, guilty of any antitrust violation laws. Uh, But this vertical integration of vision plans with labs and retails lead to policies that impact independent decision making of doctors. It also tends to drive out independent local suppliers and labs and providers which negatively impact both the quality of services and products available to patients. The size of integration of these vision plans allow them to implement policies that are unfair to doctors. And for example, these plans require doctors to give steep discounts up to 50% on services that are not even covered by the vision plan. This forces doctors to artificially raise their prices on cash-paying patients. And, and I'll give you an example of that. If I prescribe contacts to a patient, uh, a year supply of contacts that costs me $200, I have to charge $400 just to break even on this patient. If I wanna make $25, I have to charge $450. If I wanna make $50, I have to charge the patient $500. Now, this is grossly unfair to my cash paying patients and raises the cost of healthcare for everyone. What is your organization, the American Optometric Association, doing to, to help address these problems and doctors of optometry? Well, aside from our legislative advocacy efforts uh, in the states and on Capitol Hill and working with legislators, we've been reaching out directly to the vision plans on behalf of our members because our patients are frustrated, where they're frustrated with the cost of eyewear, with the limited choice, with the long waits, and and often having remakes. And these people, are are, our patients, they're not mad at the vision plan. They're mad at the doctors who have no control over this. We've also had... great success in reaching out to several advocacy groups, groups like the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and the Hispanic Leadership Fund, Americans for United or for limited government all support our doc access act. Now what we need now is we need States to act. We we need Congress to act. We we need more legislation moving forward on, on both a, a state and a federal level.
0: Doctor, can I just give you my own personal example and, and tell me wh- where my story fits in? I used to go. I had a vision plan provider. It, it was I thought very reasonable of out of pocket. I paid a small amount each month, you know, like a healthcare insurance. And then I went to an eye doctor who, like, I remember seeing the breakdown of fees, and it was like seven hundred dollars. I mean, it was this really big number. And then it would show that my provider was paying, you know, almost all of that. And then I he I have. I was very restricted on where I could get my contact lenses, and the whole process seemed just really um, not transparent to me. And so ultimately, what I ended up doing is dropping the vision plan provider, and now I go to a Costco optometrist where they don't take any type of insurance. You pay it all out of pocket. But once I did the math, I felt like that was actually a more cost-effective option for me. And is my story like similar to what other people are doing?
1: Sometimes, sometimes. And, and you know, you have to be very prudent. And, and of course, anytime you get a, a prescription for glasses or contact lenses, you certainly can take that to have any any optical or any provider feel that. But, you know, pricing has become such a, a game. Like, like I say, we have to alter our prices to match what the insurances tell us to do. And and so the people who it's, it's grossly unfair to you is, is the people who don't have insurance. Uh, and, and it's the same type of issue as uh, is you walk into a hospital and they charge you two hundred dollars for an aspirin or something like that. Uh, you, you know, they have to alter prices to match what the insurances are demanding, demanding them giving discounts on. Uh, and, and, and it affects everyone and it raises prices for everyone.
0: I guess I'm wondering if there's a business model out there where it would be in the doctor's interest to not even deal with these health provider plans, right? Like would it make more sense to just have patients pay cash?
1: Well, in in, in some cases it would. And and certainly on our point, it would be easier. It'd be simpler for the patient. The patient could come in and understand what they're getting. They wouldn't have these complicated plans because even some of these insurance plans, they might have hundreds of different individual plans, that are complicated for my staff to figure out and they're complicated for patients to figure out. Uh, The problem with that is, is these plans are are so huge and they cover so many lives from a practical aspect. If we quit accepting these vision plans, uh, you know, know, we wouldn't have patients left because somewhere between 80 and 90% of lives are covered by these plans. And, it, you know, if you're paying for a plan, you certainly want to go to a provider, if possible, that, that's covered by that plan. Well, thank you, Dr. Reynolds, for being here and, and talking about this with us today. Is there anything else you'd like to like to say before we sign off? Well, you know, like I mentioned with the Ashwin, this is something that, you know, what we're seeing in, in the dental market, what we're seeing in the vision market, This this is where, you know, in five or 10 years, we're going to see the healthcare market going. And, uh, you know, we have to make some some smart decisions and decide what we want. You know, do we want uh, uh, in, in doctors and, and, and patients, you know, in control of their healthcare? Or do we want the insurers calling the shots? You know, do we want a system where our doctors make the decision on what's best for our patients and what's best for our families? Or do we want people making decisions on what's most profitable for the vision plans or the insurance companies?
0: Well, I think that what you're saying is is making a lot of sense to me, that idea of just putting the patients in back in control of their care and direct communication with the doctors because I have found that that's really what I'm looking for as a consumer. I just want to be able to know what I'm paying for and be able to have my doctor, you know speak with me and and just to give me the best options and not be constrained or restricted. I, I suppose, right? I think that's what we're all trying to achieve here.
1: Well, that's what we want, and, and as healthcare providers, you know, that's what attracts us to this profession. You know, we, we want to take care of our patients. Uh, we want to have a, a relationship with our patients where they come in, they know we're going to do what's best for them and what's best for their family. And you know, I, I've got patients going back almost 40 years now. Uh, And uh, they're more than patients. They're they're my friends. Uh, And I want things that are easy for them. I I don't want the decisions that I'm making for them uh, based on what's best for a vision plan or what's best for an insurance company.
0: Well, we really appreciate that you're really leading the charge on this and bringing this conversation to state lawmakers around the country. And if state lawmakers or their staff want to learn more about this issue and looking for solutions, where would you direct them to?
1: You know, the best place to go to is Daniel Carey and he's AOA's chief state advocacy officer. And he heads up all of our state advocacy efforts. Uh, and you can reach him at his email address. It's dcarey, C-A-R-E-Y at AOA.org, or he can be reached by phone at 703-837-1343. Or you could just reach directly out to the American Optometric Association, and we can get you where you need to be.
0: So thank you. We do have the name of the organization on the screen, and we appreciate your time today. Thank you very much, Dr. Reynolds. Anything else from you? No, thank you.
1: Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, and have a good day.